Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. Try to get the timing right this time. I'm delighted to have a brother in Christ, more importantly, a good friend to me. Come on up, Kevin. Um, Kevin Vance, who has been doing ministry in North Central Regina for for 10 years now. Uh, we celebrated a uh, anniversary with these guys in July uh, of 10 years that we have been partnering with uh, Kevin and Lisa Vance. Uh, Kevin's wife, Lisa, is seated right back here. Wave, there we go. Uh, who, and they were able to come down from Saskatchewan and be with us uh, for uh, launching our mission emphasis. So we're just delighted to have Kevin and Lisa here. Uh, Kevin has become a not only a brother in Christ, but a dear friend over the 10 years that we've had together. And uh, I'm greatly appreciative of the ministry that he's going to be telling you about this morning. Let's pray together and then give uh, Kevin some time to talk. Father God, we are so grateful for Kevin and Lisa, the ministry they have in North Central Regina. We're grateful for their perseverance, their faithfulness, and their commitment to you. Father, I pray that you will bless him with the words to encourage us this morning. I pray that we will be uh, uh, open-eared listeners and open-hearted to hear the stories that he is going to tell us as we think about the work that he's doing there and the transformation that is occurring as a result of that. Bless him, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Steve. Good morning, everyone. Great to be with you this morning. So, um, 10 years a slave of Jesus Christ. I, uh, my wife and I, 10 years ago in July, we moved into the inner city in Regina and one of the most challenging neighborhoods in Canada and, uh, and began partnering with you all to plant a church there and to, uh, to bring hope and light into the inner city. And so we are, uh, next slide, we are uh, thankful for all you've done for us and with us, and not only your financial support, but your prayers, your love, and your encouragement, your trips you've made up there with the youth and, and with others. It's been great. Um, if I was Spanish, I'd say gracias. If I was German, I'd say uh, dankuel, dankeschön. If I was uh, Portuguese, I'd say obrigado. But since I'm from Canada, I would say thanks a lot, eh? <laughs> um, we have been rich, richly blessed to be in partnership with you all and to have your support and encouragement and love and prayers uh, behind us as we've done this. Um, so if we go to the next slide. So we have... Um, yeah, thank you. We're, we're just going to roll this in a second. But um, we um, have partnered with Mission Alive which Todd Vote is the executive director of, and this is his video about church planting in inner city communities and marginalized communities. So let's roll the video. 
God has a soft spot in his heart for the marginalized. For the poor. For the voiceless. When God came in Christ. He came to the margins. The gospel was birthed among the marginalized. Yet like our culture, our churches have gone where the money is. By requiring new churches to be self-sufficient in three to five years. Go faster. Few have started new innovative churches in marginalized communities. Which is just one more way Wealthy churches have overlooked our Every neighbors at the market. cannot be called to a suburban church. We can do better. We must do better. Historically, the church has been the first to step up. From starting hospitals during the plan. To initiating prison reform. And leading the abolitionist movement. Christians have historically stepped into some of the hardest places with the love of God and the power of the Spirit to help their we neighbors. We must again. Hey, our neighbors need us to love them better. The government can't do it. Secular agencies are stretched. Empowered with God's self-sacrificial love, the church is uniquely positioned to step into some of our most broken communities and come alongside and empower our neighbors who live there. You know, it's one thing to say Jesus loves you. It's another thing to show them that Jesus loves them. But you can't show Jesus loves one who is without or who lacks if you're not in that type of community. The vast majority of Jesus's teaching don't make sense in privileged space. It gets me excited to think about this growing army that God is bringing together under his plan to address this need. Now, it takes trained and skilled people who are focused on a vision. And Mission Alive helps in that regard. Mission Alive has identified 100 marginalized communities in the U.S. and Canada that desperately need someone to step up, it won't be easy. move in, it won't be easy. and truly love the community the way God has loved us. But whether it's one that Mission Alive has identified or one in your own community, God still wants to work through his people to bring wholesale restoration to that community. So are you in? Where is God calling you? Whether you are a leader or a part of a team, you have a role. God does not call people to be disciples without giving them something to do. It, it is, is time, time to pray. To pray. pray. And ask God what community he wants you to love and serve. When you have an answer, we want to help. Contact us and we'll come alongside of you and help you love and serve whatever community God has called you to love. So I wanted to play that because Mission Alive is one of the few uh, church planting organizations that focuses on marginalized communities. And it's impossible to plant a church in an inner city community and have it be self-sufficient like financially within three to five years. It's just not possible. And you guys have not done that. You have been part of uh, planting a church in, in Regina, in Canada. And also to the next, next slide, if we can. Um, uh, not only in Regina, but also next slide. Uh, we're 
looking to and planning and praying towards planting 20 more churches across Canada in some of the most impoverished and difficult neighborhoods uh, throughout our country. And so you have been a big part of that. And so we thank you for that as well. So uh, if we can go to the next slide. I want to quickly give you uh, the big picture of the story of God. This is a painting that David Arms did a few years ago, and it comes in four panels. So the first panel is God's creation. It's perfect and beautiful world that he made in the beginning um, with with light and color and beauty and uh, and fruit. And then the next slide, um, as you know, the fall. And the color is gone, and it's, it's drab and bleak, and the joy is gone. And, and it's, it's just barren. One of the ways that, uh, next slide, one of the ways that shows up in Canada is uh, through our, what we're called Indian residential schools. So for over 100 years, starting in the 1880s, um, the federal government uh, ran these Indian residential schools and they scooped up children at about the age of five from their families, forcibly removed them from their parents, and took them to these residential schools where they lived and were taught the, the white man's ways. And um, these schools ran until the 1997, 1998, so not even 25 years ago when they were shut down. But they were run by different Christian organizations like the Catholic Church and so on. And in, in a lot of these schools, uh, the, the children were physically abused, they were sexually abused, they were beaten if they spoke their mother tongue, um, they had their hair cut, and, and just, uh, they weren't allowed to wear their traditional clothing. And so there, it was kind of a, a type of cultural uh, oppression uh, that hit these people. And so a lot of them uh, went through such horrific trauma <clears throat> that they fell into lives of of uh, violence, lives of abuse and addiction, drinking and drugs, and um, and uh, anyways, so uh, just terrible things. Next slide, if we can go there. So this Muscogan First Nation, we went uh, with Sharon Morasti uh, from Flying Dust. We went up to Muscogan, which is an hour and a half north of our city, and and visited on the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. And all wore orange shirts as a way of standing with them that every child matters. Red and yellow, black and white, it doesn't matter. Every child is a creation of God. And we stood with her and, and her community as they went back to, she was attended that residential school. Next slide. Um, one of the things that happened starting in, uh, in the spring of this year, they started discovering unmarked graves. So uh, one particular reserve, it's an hour and a half east of us, Cowessis First Nation, they found 751 unmarked graves. Not all of them were of children who attended the residential school, but many of them were. Some died by disease, some, some committed suicide, different things that happened to them, and they're buried here. Each of those lights that you can see there is an indication of a grave. And uh, some of our people are from Cowessis First Nation, some of our Families have had members that went to that uh, residential school there in in Cowessis. Um, So brokenness and sin and darkness come into our world in so many different ways. So that's panel two of the next slide. Panel two of this painting. The third panel is Christ, his salvation, his rescue of our world and his restoring love and, and healing of, of, our, of our planet and of our, of our people. 
And then the last uh, next slide. So this is described in different ways in the Bible, but in Romans chapter 8, it talks about uh, when, when we, we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Next slide. Against its will, all creation was subjected to God's curse, but with eager hope, the creation looks forward to the day when it will join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. And so that you can hear in this language, you can hear the tension between what God is already doing in Christ to restore and to heal and, and to renew, and yet we, we don't see it happening totally yet, so there is a future day when God will bring it all about. Next slide. So the fourth panel of this painting is the future restoration of all things, the culmination of all of human history and God's glorious plan. And this slide, if you, if you look carefully at these four panels, you can see there the tree, the tree, the height of the tree, the size of the tree, the color of the tree, and the last tree is, is the largest. It's, it's filling the panel. And then you've got all this fruit. It talks about in Revelation chapter 22 that every, there's the, the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. And this fruit that will, every month there will be a different fruit that, that grows. And so this glorious image of heaven and the restoration of all things that God will bring about, that we look forward to, that we are a part of, the transformation, the final glorious consummation of all things. It's a beautiful, beautiful story. So we live between the third and the fourth panel. We are experiencing the transformation of Christ, but we have not been fully made into the image of Christ yet. And our world is not fully healed and restored, but it will be on one glorious day. So next slide. So let me, let me just quickly talk about, um, there's my clock. Okay. I have three minutes. <laughs> um, quickly talk about, yeah, uh, um, a couple of stories from our work in Regina. Um, the, um, the first one I'll talk about is physical transformation, and then we'll talk about some relationship things. So the next slide shows you, we are leasing a new building, new to us building. Um, and and this, these are some slides of what it looked like a couple of months ago. And then next slide, this is the alley. Um, we painted that and made it look a lot better and then put some murals up. We couldn't paint the surface because it's too rough. Uh, but next slide, here's the kind of the, the street view from before and now again. Uh, next slide. Um, so, you know, w- what we talk about with people is this is what God wants to do. Uh, in our community. He wants to take old and ugly and tired walls and buildings and, and, and tired lives, and he wants to make them new again. He wants to make them beautiful. He wants to make them full of joy. He wants to make our streets safe. He wants to make the alleys clean of needles so kids can ride their bikes down the alley and they can, they can walk down there and not stub their toe on a, on a dirty needle. The kingdom of God is about making all things new. And in Revelation, Jesus says, Behold, I make all things new. So this physical transformation is, is a bit of a picture of what God wants to do. So the next slide. <clears throat> One of the things that when you work in inner city communities and marginalized neighborhoods is that uh, a lot of relationships are transactional. So uh, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. So if I give, uh, if we as a church give somebody some food, then they, they feel like they have to pay us back. So they say, well, we're, we'll, we'll come to church. When's, when's your service? And at first, I got really excited about that because all these people are going to come to church. But then I soon realized that, no, they're paying me back for what I gave them by telling me what they think I want to hear. Does that make sense? 
But thankfully, we have the last couple of years, a number of people who've, who've moved beyond that. We have several women who have, have deepened their faith and who we have mutual relationships with. We love them. They love us. And when they phone, it's not just to ask for stuff. And so it is, it's exciting to see. I want to introduce you to a couple of those real quick. Um, next slide. Uh, this is Sharon Morasti. We've already showed her. Uh, she is from Flying Dust First Nation. There's 74 First Nations in Saskatchewan. Uh, the next slide. Um, this is Brenda Sear. She's a member of George Gordon First Nation. Uh, beautiful lady. Next slide is Nicole Williams. She's from Pasqua First Nation. These are all in Saskatchewan. Um, and the last in- woman I want to introduce you to is Leila Arndt. Some of you have been praying for her. She had COVID really bad and and um, and almost passed away. Was on a ventilator. Was within one day of passing. If she had been not gone to the hospital when she did one more day and she would have, she would have passed away. So anyway, um, Leila is now recovering and at home and was with us last Thursday for our Bible study. So these are some of the things. And one of the things you'll notice is they're all women. We have very few men who are in our fellowship and we have very few men. We don't really have any men who have moved to that kind of more mature and and stable position and mutual relationships with us. And so that's a prayer request I would ask you to pray for, is that God would raise up men who are uh, maturing and becoming disciples of Jesus. Um, This happens through this whole transformation process that we're talking about today, happens through the love of God, that God works through uh, his his love to change people's lives. Let me end with, uh, sorry, if we could back up maybe one slide. Okay, here we go. This is where we're going to end. I have zero minutes left. <laughs> I need to tell you one story, though. Um, <clears throat> so part of this residential school impact and that whole story, one of the big social problems we have in Canada is a thing called the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. So a lot of it, uh, Canadian Indians, uh, women, disappear. They either they get just go missing in very suspicious kind of circumstances. And some of them are murdered, some of them are missing, some of them we don't know where they are, their families don't know where they are, and they're lost. Several thousand women in this, in this category. So that's kind of the backstory to the story I want to tell you. <clears throat> so we have a, one of the ladies in our church uh, who went to residential school. Um, her daughter passed away a few years ago. She was drunk at a party in Regina, and uh, she walked out in the winter and froze to death uh, three years or three miles away from where the party was. And in Canada, it gets really cold in the winter. And so she, she passed away from that. So in January of this year, uh, it was a really cold night. It was, it was late. It was, um, Uh, It was a stormy night, and a bunch of the, I mean, we live in a city of 200,000 people, but, I mean, we had traffic lights out, we had street lights out. I mean, it was was really windy and and cold and stormy and snowy. And so we get a call at 11 o'clock at night, and uh, I was already in bed. Lisa got the call that our friend, uh, her granddaughter, now is in a similar situation. She's drunk, and the police, she was walking, and the police had picked her up and took her to her, her grandma's house. And now she's not wanting to stay there. The police have gone, and she wants to walk back across the city. So she calls us, and can you drive my, my granddaughter across Regina? So we, 
I got up and I was like, oh, I'm already in bed, you know. So I get up, but I wasn't going to let my wife drive across Regina in the middle of the night, in the stormy night. So I got up and we, I got dressed, we let, went out the door and picked her up. Drove her across town, stopped at a couple places, stopped at her mom's house. They'd had a fight, they were both drunk, and her mom wouldn't let her in the house because of what happened. So we drove further across the city, dropped her off where she was headed to that, at that point. Went back home, got home about 1 or 1.30, and we're sitting in the living room and we're reflecting on what happened with our daughter, who's 20, 21, 22. And the the thing that kind of hit us after we got home was that our, our friend had already lost her daughter. And now we had just helped her with her granddaughter, who's in a similar situation, drunk, trying to walk across Regina in the middle of the winter. And her granddaughter has the exact same name as her aunt that passed away a few years ago. And the fact that we were able to enter into that time, help our friend and her granddaughter, we very well may have saved somebody's life. And saved another statistic from the missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls and a granddaughter of one of our friends. You see, when God does his work, he does it through his people. When God wanted to send the most important message to the world, he sent Jesus. He sent a human being. And that's how God works today. He doesn't work through abstractions and ideas, and he works through people, his people, to bring hope and light and renewal into their lives. You see, brothers and sisters, we are not just the hands and feet of Jesus. We are the heart. We are the eyes. When we see the world with the eyes of Jesus, when we feel with the heart of Jesus, and we have the hands of generosity and kindness, and the feet that are courageous and willing to go, there's... You don't have to go to the you don't have to go to central Dallas to find brokenness. It's right here in Collin County. There's plenty of it. If you open your eyes and see the world with the heart of Jesus. And may God work through you to continue to expand the kingdom of God and to bring hope and light into the people's lives who need it the most. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for belonging to Him. And may God bless you richly as you carry out his mission in God's good world. Amen. God bless you. Thank you, my friend. As we leave this place today, may we remember that we are people of transformation. And as people of transformation, we become salt and light in the world in which we enter. Go in peace and go as a carrier of light. Peace to you all. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. 
we invite you to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.